Tonight on Truth Today, we're going to be discussing how Muslims are getting saved all around the world, especially in Iran and amongst the Persian people. We must defend the gospel of Jesus Christ at all costs. We must proclaim Christ to a lost world. And we must resist the sinful LGBTQ plus perversion that is like a tsunami, a flood coming in. Let us stand and contend for Christ. That and much more right now on Truth Today. Well, thank you for joining us here tonight on Truth Today. This is Pastor Shorab Mahidin with Truth and Love Ministry and Truth Today. Uh, we're, we're so glad you can be with us tonight, both either on our website or on Rumble, uh, rumble.com slash Hating. We'll get to that in a minute, but truly uh, I'm excited to be able to share tonight's show with you and also uh, to give you an update on our latest trip that we had and what God did on that trip. But uh, before we get into our program tonight and to the Word of God, remember, please visit our website, tilministry.com, tilministry.com. Check out all of our content. Subscribe for our newsletter. Also, check out our Rumble page, as I mentioned, rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian, rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian, as well as uh, folks, if you're not getting our text alerts, one more time, please subscribe to our text alert. Join 689-TT-TRUTH, 689-888-7884, area code, text the word JOIN, and you'll be signed up for our text alert. Remember, it doesn't cost you anything to get our text alert, but at least it will notify you of our subject matter and also uh, the time when we go live. Now, uh, as I mentioned, folks, I'm excited to be able to share what God uh, did. We just got, I just got back from an eight-day ministry trip to eastern Washington and north and south Idaho. We were in uh, two states. And uh, boy, what a battle. What a war. Uh, the enemy really came against us. Um, I had some health concerns on the trip as well. I want to thank all of those who, uh, uh, some of you who knew we were praying for us on our trip. But man, God did amazing things. Um, I want to report to you that um, we had a great recording of our program or of our presentation, One World Religion Rising. Uh, I don't think we have that image for that dry up, but we had a great, great recording of our One World Image Rising presentation in Coeur d'Alene. So we're going to be excited to get that out to you guys coming in May of 2023. Uh, we're going to be in post-production right away on that one. And also... Uh, I spoke at uh, the Church of Planned Parenthood in Spokane, Washington. That was a um, really powerful time, anointed time of, of relaunching the Church of Planned Parenthood to push back against the evils of abortion and the murder of, of innocents. Um, and also, we, uh, I spoke in, again, uh, uh, North Idaho, South Idaho, at a church in Coeur d'Alene there. And, and I want to share with you tonight some encouragement because I know that a lot of our programs are, are very, um, you know, focused on, on, on challenges. And I want to encourage you with, um, uh, with, with what God is doing in this hour in the midst of, of, of um, the darkness, right? So we have, we have light and we have dark, and we have to be able to make sure that we know um, that the light will prevail, amen? The light will prevail. The light always overcomes the darkness. Christ is victorious, folks. Amen? And so we are standing on solid ground, 
We do not have to be shaken even though we have to be alert. There's a difference between being alert and fear not the things of the world and being shaken and, 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 and paralyzed to the point where we do nothing or kind of a hunkered down mentality. Let us not have an escapism mentality. Even though the Bible has prophesied many, many things that are happening right before our very eyes, we must not have an escapism mentality. We cannot sit and say, well, you know, the rapture is coming, so therefore, why do I bother? The world's getting evil. We are still called to occupy, and we're still called to proclaim the gospel. We're still called to proclaim Christ to a lost and dying world. And I want to focus specifically tonight on how God is working in the Muslim world and how Muslims are coming to Christ, especially in Iran and amongst the Persian people. Now, many of you know my testimony. You know that I am born again from a Muslim background, right? I was born in Iran, left there in 1978, and it was uh, 1999, uh, that uh, June 1st, that through divine circumstances and God putting bold Christians, thank God for bold Christians in my life, that the Holy Spirit worked, brought conviction, showed me the truth, and the truth set me free. And I came into the kingdom of God through Christ alone. There's no other way, folks. And God is doing an amazing work amongst the Persian people, amongst the Iranian people. One of the things that, of course, is happening is that since the revolution in Iran, or again, a coup, coup, not a revolution, sorry, coup of 1979, there's been an amazing outpouring of the, of the Spirit of God amongst great persecution. And as more Muslims are becoming Christians in Iran and in other parts of the world where Iranians, we're Persian. Remember now, we are Persian, we are not Arabs. There's a huge difference between Persians and Arabs. We are not, Iranians are not descendants of Ishmael. So therefore, uh, the Holy Spirit is doing an amazing work amongst the Persian people. Before 1979, they estimated there was less than two to 3,000 born-again Christians in Iran. Not Armenian Christians, but born-again, meaning Muslims who've converted to Christianity. As the persecution came and as Islam came into Iran and became more oppressive, more and more Iranians, Persians, began to reject Islam because we didn't grow up with Islam. It, Persia is not Islamic. Persia was around for, for two plus thousand years before you know, Islam ever came on the scene, close to 2,000 years. So we are focusing on the Persian people right now, and particularly the Muslims that are Persians. And not that God is not working in Arab Muslims, but particularly he's working in an immense way amongst the Persian people. And so uh, as that persecution increased and as more Iranians rejected Islam and were open to the truth and, and then... Um, those Christians that were in Iran, the very small percentage, who were then boldly sharing their faith, Christianity began to grow. And today, Iran is the, numerically, the fastest growing church in the world. It is the fastest growing church per capita in any other nation in the world. Under, may I add, incredible uh, persecution. Okay, so let's not forget that part of it. Iran is one of the most heavily persecuted nations for Christians anywhere in the world. And so, because of that, one of the things that happens is Western missionaries cannot go into Iran. So God is using Iranians to reach Iranians. 
and also he's using his Holy Spirit. I, I want to highlight an article here. Let me get to this article here. This is from um, CBN News. And this was um, about May of last year, and they were highlighting how so many Iranians are or have had dreams of Jesus, a, a man in white. So the headline says, quote, follow me, Iranian Muslim sees Jesus in a vision, in this case, abandons Islam for Christianity. Now, I think some of these numbers are overinflated, meaning that, that some would say, oh, it's 50% or higher, 40%. Uh, I think it's overinflated, but it is happening and it is miraculous. It is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days. He will truly pour out his flesh and all, all um, flesh. And remember in the book of Acts, chapter 2, right? In the book of Acts, chapter 2, let me turn to that really quick. Uh, the Holy Spirit says that in the last days, right? So let me turn to... Make sure, make sure I get the wording right. If you have your Bibles, again, follow. We're going to be going through several verses here tonight. Um, that Here we go. Um, where are we here? Here we go. There we go. And it shall come to pass. This is, again, from Joel chapter 2, Old Testament prophecy being fulfilled in uh, the New Testament, as well as a future prophecy, meaning it's going to be also fulfilled in the last days and in, uh, it's mentioned in the book of Revelation. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. So we know that the Lord using visions and dreams is going to be a manifestation of the outpouring of the spirit in the last days. So when Iranians are testifying that I had a dream, I had a vision, and I see a man in white, and he says to me, follow me, or he says to me, come this way, or he tries to reveal who he is. Now, where I think that this has got to be biblical, because I've heard stories will say, well, I, I, I saw that, and then I, I immediately became a Christian. Well, the gospel must be presented. The, the, the message of Christ must be presented, because otherwise he's just a man in white. And I, I'm going to share with you uh, a very specific testimony of what happened this weekend with a Muslim woman, an Iranian Muslim woman, who praised God, thank you, Father, gave her life to Christ at one of my presentations, and the Lord had used dreams from the time she was a young child, just like he used dreams in my life. From a young child, when I was four years old, I would think about God, I would dream about God, and I would dream about salvation, and I would ask my parents, if I die, how do I know if I'm going to go to heaven? And there was no good answer because Islam does not have a good answer. The only answer in Islam is what's called martyrdom, to become a martyr, to become a shaheed. That's the word in, 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 in uh, the Quran. And it, 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 is, it, is, it means that you must die uh, in the cause of jihad for Allah, the God of Islam. So when you become shaheed, that's the only guarantee of salvation according to Islam. Otherwise, there's no guarantee of salvation. So there was no good answer because my parents didn't want to tell me about martyrdom. They didn't want to encourage me to go become a martyr. And so this woman in Idaho was sharing with me, and I'll get into the backstory in a little bit more in a minute, that she had had dreams from a young age. For me also, when I got closer to getting saved in 1999, almost 24 years ago, I would have nightmares. So I would dream 
but it was a really a nightmare that I was falling and I would see black. So I'd fall, I'd wake up and there was all black around me and I thought, oh no, I have died and this is hell. This is hell. And then I'd wake up for real and I would be in, I, would, I was sweating and I was hot and my heart was racing fast and I thought, oh, I can't believe I'm not actually dead. It was so real. Well, I would have that dream versus nightmare or slash nightmare, I should say, many times a month and even many times a week. The last two, three weeks before I became a Christian, I think I was having that dream two to three times a week. But when Jesus Christ was presented to me, when the gospel was presented to me, when Christianity was truly explained to me, when I looked and understood the Bible and all of that, the belief that came, and when I surrendered my life to Christ and the Holy Spirit filled me, can I tell you in 24 years, I have never once had that nightmare. Never once. Why? Praise God. Why? Because I know that I know that I know who my Savior is. I know that I know who I belong to. I know that I know that Christ is Lord and Savior. I know that I have no fear of eternal destiny because I know where I'm going. I'm going to my Father's house. And in my Father's house are many rooms and the bridegroom is coming back to get his bride, and my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we have to pray for a boldness in our faith in this hour. Because as John 15 says, let's, let's look at that really quick. Turn with me to John chapter 15. As John chapter 15 says about the rejection of the world for those who belong in Christ, okay? Verse 18 again, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but because I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So we know that as we get closer and closer to these end times, to these last days, the last months and years of, of God's plan, his dispensation for the church age before the coming of the final 70th week, the final seven years, and, and then before the coming of the Lord, the second coming of Christ. If I am standing for Christ and occupying till he comes, then know that the world hates you. If you're going to be a Bible-believing Christian, the world will hate you. But in the midst of that, great boldness, great courage by the Holy Spirit can lead to great fruit. And so I want to share, I want to share a couple of verses here as well that are dealing with the gospel, okay? Specifically with the gospel. Because we don't even understand the gospel anymore. The church of Jesus Christ is so confused. We are preaching in most cases now another gospel, a social gospel, an emotional gospel, a gospel that is about feelings and emotions and it's about what you love. And, and, and as I've covered before, Andy Stanley bringing the word of God down to one commandment saying that, oh, I don't say the word. I don't say the Bible says. I don't say scripture says. Talking about the fact that 
He's unhitched from the Old Testament. He's unhitched from the Ten Commandments and saying that now we're going to be affirming of gay men and women who are in our churches and have great faith. And So they're down to one commandment, to love one another. That's it. They've forsaken the first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We have forsaken the true gospel. We are preaching now another gospel. And what does Paul say? Accursed be you. The Holy Spirit says, accursed be you if you are presenting another gospel. So let's first turn to um, John chapter 14. First of all, part of our presentation of being bold and defending the gospel, part of our presentation is we must proclaim the truth no matter what the cost. Speak the truth in love, right? That's what our ministry is about, the truth in love. We're called to proclaim the truth because the Bible says if you abide in the truth, the truth shall set you free. Amen? So therefore, in John chapter 14, Jesus says to his disciples, as he is revealing to him the Father's will, which includes him being crucified, which him suffering and dying and being, and, and being buried and being raised again. I'm, look, folks, I'm sharing with you the gospel, right? This is what we have to present to a dying world, to a lost and broken world. He says in John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Many, many mansions. Not just one, but many. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may all be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Now, of course, the question was, Thomas says to, to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Now, notice it doesn't say, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and, and how can we know the many ways? How can we know multiple ways? No, he's saying, how can we know the way? How can we know to follow you and you alone? So Jesus answers them in verse 6. Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And notice how, how does he start this, 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 this uh, phrase. I am. Remember when they were asked in the Old Testament, what was God's name? I am. Remember when Jesus stood in front of the, 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 the Pharisees to answer, I am. They asked, are you the Messiah? Are you? Yes, I am. Are you the Christ? I am. Ego, iemi in the Greek. Ego, iemi. It does not have a tense to it. It encompasses all tenses, meaning I was, I am, I will be. As, G, as, as the Bible says, uh, that, that, that uh, yesterday, today, and forever, Christ is who was, who is, and who is to come. The Alpha and the Omega. There is no tense. There is no time frame. He is outside of time. And so Jesus is saying, listen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through me. Verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, on you know him and you have seen him through me. So watch this. This is a declaratory statement. We call this a declaratory statement. 
This is not up for debate. Do we understand? We have to boldly present the gospel to this broken world and to Muslims and to Muslims because one of the things that Islam teaches is that Christians have made Jesus become God. Jesus, they would claim, Islam claims, that Jesus never claimed to be God. Really? Oh, really, Muslims? The fact that he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, is a declaratory statement of not only the fact that he is the savior of the world, but he is Lord and savior. He is God and savior. He is God in the flesh, as John 1 tells us, John 1, 14. For in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. So therefore we understand that this is a declaratory statement. Islam is wrong. Islam denies Jesus was ever crucified. Surah chapter 4, verse 157. Right here. Surely we killed the Christ, Esau, son of Mary, the messenger of Allah. And they did not kill him, nor did they uh, salaba or crucify him, but it was made to appear. And surely those who disagree with about it are in doubt of, of him. They do not have any knowledge of him except following the conjecture and they did not kill him for certain. Yet Allah, look at verse 158, yet Allah raised him up to himself and Allah was dear, wise. And none of the people of the book will believe in him before his death. And on the resurrection day, he will be a witness against them. He's going to be a witness against the people of the book. The, the, that, the, the Quran terminology there is Jews and Christians. The, the, this, this evil book, this demonic book, that is the exact opposite of this divinely inspired, Holy Spirit inspired book, says that Allah did not allow Jesus to die on the cross, took him up to heaven, and that the people of the book, Jews and Christians, who believe before his death and on resurrection day, Jesus will be a witness against them. Jesus will testify supposedly against the Christians and the Jews and will tell them, oh, you were wrong to believe that I was ever crucified. Well, folks, if there's no crucifixion, there's no resurrection, there is no Christianity. So we have to boldly proclaim, not just to Muslims, but also to a sick and dying world. Let's look at one more verse here in Acts chapter 4. Again, declaratory. This is declaratory. When Peter and John were arrested, they were before the Sanhedrin. The name of Jesus was forbidden. And in verse uh, 11, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter is speaking. He says, and this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, the stone being, being Jesus, which has come the chief cornerstone. So Jesus has now become the chief cornerstone, the rock. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Not Buddha, not Joseph Smith, 
not whoever the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses follow, not Muhammad, not Confucius, no other name. And certainly, you just read in the Quran, it's not the Jesus of the Quran, because the Jesus of the Quran mentions Jesus, but he's a counterfeit. This Jesus, it says, was never even crucified, nor does he claim to be God, because Allah doesn't have children, according to this demonic book. Now, I'm not asking you to go up to Muslims and start by saying your book is demonic. No. But here's what we must do. We must stop doing common word interfaith, multi-faith. We must stop saying to Muslims, look how much we have in common between these two books. Oh, we have so much in common. No. Oh, let's come and build a bridge between this and this. Let's build a bridge. Because we have so much in common. No, that's a tactic from the enemy. That's a tactic that Muslims use Going back to the Muslim Brotherhood in the 1950s, a guy by the name of Said Ghutu, who wrote a book called Milestones, who said in it that, look, let's use bridge-building concepts to bring Christians to Islam. Not the other way around. It's foolish Christians that think that bridge-building is good and, and, and godly and biblical. Don't go to the Quran. Listen, don't go to the Quran and try to find common ground with Muslims. People, uh, Christians say to me, but look, we have common ground with Muslims. We both are monotheistic. They believe in one God. We believe in one God. Muhammad came to destroy paganism and, 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 and bring in monotheism. That's not what Muslims believe. That's not what the Quran teaches. Surah chapter 3. Let me read this for you. Surah chapter 3. 164. Let me go to this here real quick. Surah chapter 3. Let me get to it here real quick. Um, oh, I'm sorry, 64. Surah chapter 364. Say, O people of the book, come to a common word, or some translations say equal word, between us and you. You go, well, Sharam, there you go. See, it's, it's claiming that the Bible and the Quran are equal. No, that's not what it's claiming. It's claiming that the Quran is equal with the original version of the Bible that was given according to Islam to the Jews and Christians. But the Jews and Christians, these pesky Jews and Christians, corrupted this book. I'm trying to help you to understand how to be bold with Muslims, how to be bold with the lost. We've got to be bold with the Word of God. Stop playing games with the Word of God. Otherwise, we have no power, folks. We have no testimony. We have no witness. Don't listen to false teacher Andy Stanley who says, I don't say the Bible says, I don't say Scripture says. This is our only authority. We have no other authority but this book. This is it. And this gospel that I've just been sharing with you, the gospel that says in Romans chapter 6, right, talking about sin, Talking about sin. Let me get to it here real quick. For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus. Right? For the wages of, of death of, of the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Here we go. 
for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified. The word there, justified, is a legal terminology. Freely, by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 23 and 24. So here's what the Quran says. Come to an equal word or common word, common word between us and you. Now, watch how they're going to correct Christians. That we serve only Allah, nor partner anything with Him, nor take each other as lords rather than Allah. So if they turn away, so say, bear witness that we are Muslims, O people of the book. Why do you dispute about Abraham when the Torah and the gospel were not sent down until after him? Do you not understand? They're claiming that the Jews corrupted Abraham's covenant. Islam teaches that it was Ishmael that was the covenant son, not Isaac. Islam teaches that Abraham took Ishmael to Mecca, to Mount Mar Marwa, not to Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, as the Bible says. So right here in this verse, in Surah chapter 3, the Quran is saying, people of the book, your view of the Trinity is wrong. This is disputing the Trinity. We take none as all... Uh, we only serve Allah, we don't have any partners with Him, meaning no Son, Holy Spirit, nor do we take any as lords. What do we say about Jesus Christ? He is Lord. But Islam teaches that only Allah is Lord, or Ra'ab, the, the, the Arabic word for Lord. So folks, when Muslims and Christians sit down and interfaith and say, look how much we have in common, we both believe in one God, that's a deception by Muslims against Christians. The Christians are too naive to know, the, know what Islam teaches and the Muslims are calculated and they're being trained how to break down Christianity and get Christians to, to question their faith in Christ and in the Bible. Because Islam teaches that Christians are polytheists. The Quran teaches, the Quran teaches that Christians are the worst of sinners. So we, listen, here's what I'm getting to. The way to share Christ boldly with this dying world and with Muslims is we must be bold. The reason Islam has grown so rapidly in Iran is because of the boldness of the witness of those Muslims who've come to Christ and now they're facing great persecution. And that's why you see the fastest growing church in the world. That and the focus, or and the reason that the focus of the Iranian churches is discipleship making. They're not worried about church planting or church growth or church growth models or how to be seeker driven or seeker sensitive or how to have social justice. They are focused on proclaiming the gospel to Muslims and they are bold. They are not going to mess around. They understand it will bring persecution. They understand they can be killed. They understand that, that they're gonna lose their jobs. They understand that their family could disown them or worse but they're willing because they understand that it's the greatest message in human history. The gospel of Jesus Christ. It's this gospel, folks. There is no other way. There is no other name. There is no other message. And this is how it's happening. And the reason this is so important is because we got to resist this this, this push today between the ecumenicalism, the things that I warn on, uh, we have that image now 
do I have audio for that image? The audio is not set up. Let's get the audio set up. That listen, folks, here's the image, our brand new presentation. Tell me what you think of this image. Isn't it cool? My son made it, Dry made it. One World Religion Rising. This is our brand new DVD that's gonna be coming out, hopefully, Lord willing, in May. We just recorded it this past Friday in Coeur Idaho. We got a good recording and we're excited. It was anointed. Thank you for your prayers. And in that presentation, I warn about interfaith, multi-faith. I warn about the lie that Islam is an Abrahamic faith along with Christianity and Judaism. I warn about this entire movement of this one world religion, the false prophet, which is the beast of the land in Revelation 13. All of these things, folks, I warn about. So we have this threat that is called ecumenicalism, the idea that there's equality between religions and that ecumenical, ecumenicalism teaches that not, every, any, not any religion has all the truth, that each religion has truth, and if we can make them equal and bring them together, that we will find the whole truth. Two problems. Number one, that's in contradiction to the Word of God because the Bible tells us this is God's Word, this is the truth, and no other truth, so help me God. Then... The Quran teaches that the Christians are corrupted, that they've corrupted the, the, what, what was revealed to them. And therefore, Islam is the final religion. Islam is what is supposed to be for the world, according to Islam. And they're lying to Christians and Jews, believing that it's Abrahamic and believing that there's equality, and to the Catholics. And this is a, this is a great end-time deception. But we also have, on top of this, the absolute tsunami of the sexual perversion, the whole LGBTQIA++ uh, transgenderism, this absolute onslaught that is absolutely part of the Baal Asherah worship. Remember, Asherah in the Old Testament was a female goddess connected to sexuality and connected to perverting sexuality outside of God's design. Then you had Molech, that was the uh, Old Testament false deity that had to do with child sacrifice. And then you had Baal, who was the false uh, God male deity in the, in the uh, Old Testament that took the place of God. Baal was a supplanter. He came in and tried to become God and that's what Satan wants to do. So please understand that this is the gospel proclaiming. Now, let me tell you very quick here. Oh man, we're already running out of time. I took too long. Um, I gotta tell you here, let's go, let's go, we're gonna go to a quick break, and then I'm gonna tell you the story of what happened in Idaho with this precious, beautiful Muslim woman that came to Christ. And then we'll come back and talk about this onslaught. Quickly, uh, folks, visit our website, tilministry.com, tilministry.com. Please subscribe, please subscribe. Please check out our events calendar. I am going to be coming back to, or I'm not coming back, I'm going to be going to Wisconsin, April 14th to the 16th. That is on our events calendar. Um, Wausau, Wausau um, Wisconsin, I played the uh, uh, video for you. We'll play it again next week. I don't have time tonight, but we're going to be there Friday night and Saturday for all-day conference based on our great pushback theme, the counter of the Great Reset. Praise God. Then on Sunday, I'm going to be at Mercy Seat Church in um, 
north of Milwaukee. So that's in, in, in April. Then in May, we're going to be either in Minnesota or uh, Montana, and then possibly uh, also in June. So one will be uh, May, one will be June. We're working on that, on that calendar right now. But folks, listen, please check that out. Also, check again, check out our Rumble page, rumble.com slash Ramhadian. Rumble.com slash Ramhadian. Please, please, please subscribe. For all of you, Jay, how many, uh, are we about half-half tonight on Rumble? We're about half-half now with our live viewers. For those of you who are on Rumble, if you are there and right now, and if you haven't subscribed, before you leave that page tonight, please subscribe so you get notifications. We want to build up our subscribers. We want to build up our followers. Uh, check that out. A um, couple other things. Again, if you want to order our, brand, our, our other brand new DVD, The Great Pushback. Speaking of The Great Pushback, here is our uh, link, tillministry.com slash pushback, tillministry.com slash pushback. Uh, one of our best selling DVDs, praise God, because the, the word of God has got to get out. And then finally, if you want to support our ministry, please consider uh, prayerfully a one-time donation right now, tillministry.com slash donate, a one-time charitable donation right now. Thank you for your prayerful consideration. And of course, if you want to go beyond the one-time donation, please join our Gideon Army of 300. This is what we're praying for those 300 amazing supporters who will pray for us on a regular basis and donate on a monthly basis or a bi-weekly basis, depending on how you want to set it up. Um, and so please check that out. We're so grateful for every single one of our donors, and we're so grateful for every single one of our monthly supporters, because that really helps us to budget and have, um, listen, travel is getting hard, folks. This was a hard week for me uh, traveling. I had some health issues um, that, praise God, everything turned out okay. There was nothing serious going on that we know of yet, but it was it's hard, and so it was a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, and so we're just trying to do more here in the studio, more in our shows, more locally, but Look, if I get the opportunity, check out our events calendar. We're coming to your area. All right, let's get back here to our, 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 our message tonight. So I got to tell you what happened here real quickly. Uh, wow, what, a, what an amazing weekend. So Sunday I was preaching in the morning at Pathway Church in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, I had been contacted by um, someone on staff saying, listen, we have some Iranians that are in our church. I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. Uh, meeting Iranians of all places in North Idaho. Well, these are California transplants, okay? That's how Iranians end up uh, more than likely in North Idaho is because they fled California, the craziness of California, to a more conservative area. Although, unfortunately, other Californians are coming there who are not conservative, who are trying to destroy it. And they um, were there. So, and... Um, when I got there, one of the gals who is, a, I think, on part-time staff is from California. She's Iranian. And um, she was very excited about telling me about how she came to Christ, um, that her husband came to Christ, who's not Iranian. He's, he's American. Um, not that you can't be American if you're Iranian, but you know what I'm saying. He's not Iranian. He's a Christian now, but he's not an Iranian Christian. And that her brother also... And then inform me, this is before I went to speak, so I'm out, out by my table in the, in the foyer, that, look, my mom is here, and she's from Iran. She really wanted to hear you, but she's a Muslim. She's not saved. And I said, oh, wow. Okay, praise God that she's here. Praise God. So I'll be praying, 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 Holy Spirit. 
And so I prayed, Lord, let your anointing be here. Let the Holy Spirit speak. And when I went up there, I was, sh- I was sharing a message on contending for Christ. I started by sharing my testimony. And one of the things that I shared in my testimony that I already mentioned tonight is that when I was a young boy, I, had to have the, I used to have these dreams. And I had these questions. I wanted to know God. I instinctively knew that the God of Islam was not the one true God. This was a counterfeit. I instinctively knew that. And that's why when we were, fled Iran in 1978, and Iran fell to a totalitarian Islamic Sharia-governed nation, a theocratic nation. And I saw what Islam did to Iran and to my Persian nation and my Persian history and my Persian heritage. I became more agnostic in my early 20s. I'm like, if that's God, I don't want to have to do anything with God. But now I need the truth. What do I do? Who do I serve? Because Islam teaches works. You got to do good. You you, you got to please Allah. You got to do whatever he tells you because he will destroy you. He will send you to the hellfire if you don't. And so Islam, you have to understand, is so fear-based, folks. It's fear-based. And so just sharing that and getting to share so much. and, and But one of the things that I shared in the message was the fact that I shared boldly in my testimony. Look, the God of the Bible showed me that there's only one God. That one way is true, one way is a lie. Sharam, you got to choose. And I know that Christianity, the Word of God, the Bible is the truth. And this other way is a lie. This is a lie. This is the truth. No common ground, no common word, no bridge building, no equality, because this denies this, and this denies this. They contradict. So I said in my message, I don't go and try to find common ground. What I do is I contrast. For example, to a Muslim, I will say, let's look at the life of Muhammad and what he became, how he started as a prophet, and what he became in the end, a warlord, a mercenary, a mass murderer committed genocide or others committed genocide in his name, a false prophet, a pedophile, a misogynist, um, demonically possessed by his own admission when he first claimed he got the revelation of Islam until his Catholic wife Khadija uh, explained to him that, no, this was the angel Gabriel that spoke to you, not a demon, as he first believed, because the demon came and squeezed him, was, was, was killing him. Does that sound like an angel of the Lord in the Bible? So all that, folks, all that, I was talking about how I contrast the life of Muhammad to the life of Jesus Christ. Now there's a contrast. Don't don't try to find common ground with Muslims. Don't try to play this game that we have common ground. No. Love them in the sense of praying for them, being nice to them if you can, but you need to pray for great boldness. And I would say the same with anybody. I don't try to find common ground with Mormons. I don't try to find common ground with Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't try to find common ground with Buddhists, with Hindus. I don't try to find common ground with Native America. Look, the Bible doesn't tell us to find common ground. 
The Bible tells us to declare the gospel, the good news. The Bible tells us to contrast the, 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 the light and the darkness. The, 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 the Spirit of God versus Spirit of Antichrist. Righteousness versus unrighteousness. There is nothing in the Bible that says find common ground. There is nothing in the Bible that says let us try to merge and bring. In fact, what is in the Bible is the warning is against those things. The warning is against syncretism or trying to merge and blend and bring it together and find, oh, we all worship an Abrahamic God and let's all just get our, put our differences aside. That's the deception of the Antichrist spirit. That is the deception of the enemy. So after I finished sharing this, uh, I had lots of people come to the table for 45 minutes. I'm talking to people about the presentation, about our DVDs, whatever. But this precious Iranian Muslim woman is standing there waiting. And she says to me, could I talk to you? I said, absolutely. But she says, can I talk to you after everyone leaves? And I said, okay. So everyone was done. Her daughter was there. She was there. We began to talk. Well, her daughter had to go into a staff meeting. So I said, okay, no worries. You go to the staff meeting. And so we continued to talk. And she said, I want to share with you something that happened to me as a child that is exactly in line with what you shared. Now, listen, that was the Holy Spirit working through me. That was not me. It wasn't because I was so articulate or eloquent. If I am, it's because of the Holy Spirit. So she said, when I was a young child, I used to have dreams. And one of the dreams that I had as a young child or as a teenager was when I dreamt that there was a man dressed in white. Listen, come on, you can't make this stuff up. There was a man dressed in white. He had a beard and he came to me and he showed me to take and partake and eat of... Now, for some reason in her dream, she saw two different animals. And the one animal was of God and the other animal wasn't. And I believe that this was God revealing to her the difference between Islam and Christianity. Two different entities, two different animals. And God told her, if you eat of this animal, you will have life. But if you eat of this animal, no, you will have death. And she asked me, she said, I want you to share my story. I want you to share this. And I said, okay, I will. Now, I'm not going to tell you her name for the sake of protecting her. Because as you know, when a Muslim becomes a Christian, that is apostasy in Islam. And according to the reliance of the traveler, the Sharia law manual, and according to the Quran, that is a death penalty. You deserve death and be, can be killed. I just saw a story out of Jihad Watch that we don't even have uh, uh, tonight on our thing of two brothers, two brothers. Um, let me see here. Where is that story? Let me get to that really quick. There's a lot of stories here. Uh, Muslim brothers murdered their sister because they doubted her character because of the, of the possibility that uh, she had, uh, was Western or become a Christian. And so we see this all the time. All the time. Um, and so please understand that as I was talking to her, I said to her, dear, let me tell you this way. Her name means angel in Farsi. Dear angel, uh, we say angel John, J-O-N. It just means dear, 
dear, dear one, Angel John, um, God was speaking to you and God has because she's had these dreams reoccurring throughout her life. And I said, all throughout your life, God has been trying to get a hold of you. He revealed to you himself in that dream. He revealed to you that there's only one way. And she said, I just was so, uh, so impressed with what you shared today. It was so much power in it. And I said, listen, it wasn't power in me. That was the power of the Ruhol Godos. That's a word in Farsi, which means Holy Spirit. I said, that's the, 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 uh, because, the, but listen, by the way, in Farsi, stop telling Muslims that Allah is God. You Arab Christians, stop using the term Allah for God. Call God by what the Bible calls him or what they call them in their own language. In Farsi, we say Khuda. Khuda is a generic term for God, not Allah. Or use Jehovah, Yahweh, Adonai, Elohim. Use the names Yeshua. Use the names that God has used in the Bible. Why would you use a name that's not in the Bible? Why would you use a name that's not in the Aramaic text? Why would you use a name that's not in the Septuagint? Why would you use a name that's not in the New Testament or the Old Testament? Allah is nowhere to be found. And Allah is not generic. Elah is generic. If you say Elah, that is God, a God. Allah is the God. Allah is the God, the God of the Mecca, the God of Kaaba, that black building, the God of paganism. That's what, that, that was the God that was being worshipped before Muhammad claims that he's now going to follow one monotheistic God. So, I shared all this with her. And I said, sister, as far as humanity, not sister in Christ now, okay, I'm going to be clear. I said, we are sisters humanly. Or, I mean, sorry, we are brother and sister humanly, meaning... I said to her, we're, we're humans, right? We, we are all made in the image of God. That's my point. But I said, only when you become a Christian do you become a part of the family of God. And I said, God is showing you this because she says, I said to her, do you believe Islam is the true way? She goes, no, I don't. I said, wow, praise God. Okay, you don't believe Islam is the true way. No. So she was already there. I said, okay, do you then accept that Jesus is the Son of God? She said, yes, I believe I do. I said, praise God. I said, do you accept that Jesus very clearly has said that there is no other way of salvation? There's no other way to get to God, to be, to, to be able to have, we call it in Farsi, hayat abadi, eternal life. And she says, well, I believe so. And I said, well, I want you to know, Angel John, that's the truth. The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I said, do you believe you're a sinner? Yes, of course. I said, good. Therefore, look at the difference between what Muhammad did and taught. Look at what Islam did to Iran versus what Christianity is doing to Iran. Look at the difference. And then her daughter, after we talked for about probably an hour, her daughter came back from the meeting, was there, and we were talking a little bit with her daughter. And I said to her daughter, I said, I, I really believe your mom is ready. She just needs to make that decision because she said, well, I want to be a good person. I want to live a good life. And I said, absolutely. 
but you have to do it in Jesus' name. We're not a good person for the sake of being a good person. You see, that's the, that's the Islamic upbringing. That's the Muslim fundamental upbringing because in Islam, it's what? Oh, um, you have to be a good person. You have to do good works for Allah, according to Islam. And finally, after about an hour and 20 minutes of the Holy Spirit ministering, she was so ready. She's so precious. And I said, are you willing to accept Jesus is the only way? And let's call on his name today. Let's pray. Today is it. I said, I don't want you to wait. Today is the day of salvation. You see, we have to be bold. We have to take a risk. We have to risk offending. And I'm not worried about offending her. Just like I wasn't worried about offending her when I was up on the stage speaking. Because I have to do and you have to do what the Holy Spirit leads us to do. And she said yes. So we prayed together. And she renounced Islam. And she prayed to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She said, I believe in my heart. And then she confessed with her mouth to me and her daughter. And as she did that, then we prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to come upon her, to fill her with, with the Holy Spirit. And I explained to her, you've been justified and now you're becoming maybe made holy. Now you need to live. Now, yes, do good works, but according to the word of God and in the name of Jesus, because we want to make him known. And then because she said, well, you share my story. I said, Angel John, I will, but you get to share your story now. You now have a testimony. So we prayed, we embraced, and I said, now you, I said, you're like a mother to me, because she's about my mother, she was about my mother's age. But I said, but now you've become a sister in Christ. And you're part of the family of God and heaven is rejoicing. Amen. What a glorious time. It just was a, what a privilege it is to see God. But you see, the Iranian people are ready. Many Iranians, many Muslims are ready if we are bold in Christ. If we are bold with our faith. And I believe many in the world are ready if we don't give in to fear and the fear of offense. So praise God that she's in that church. Praise God that there's going to be good discipleship. The pastor, her family, they're going to follow up and disciple. And praise God that I was able to just be a privy, just a, just a, a small part. Listen, the Holy Spirit had done the work. God had done all the work. God had the one who had been giving her dreams and, 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 and revealing himself. But, but you see, I had to tell her who the man in white was. I had to tell her that the man in white was Christ, was Jesus Christ, the Jesus of the Bible, not the Jesus of, Cor of the Quran, the Jesus of the Bible. God had to send a messenger to proclaim that truth, and you are that messenger. And we have to resist this entire craziness of the wokeness and the LGBT and the social gospel. Dry, let's go really quick through these headlines. We got to have boldness. Let's go to the Washington stand, the hockey. Uh, I love hockey. Look at this guy. Listen, we saw some courageous uh, people stand up. It started with Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Ivan uh, Provorov, who was, who was um, a Christian but, uh, and said, I will not wear the pride jersey when NHL was celebrating pride night and they were going to make these hockey players wear uh, pride jerseys celebrating the LGBT perversion. He said, no, I will not. And, and they tried to say, oh, it's because he's afraid of going back to Russia because Russia has laws against homosexuality. Well, that's true. But no, he said it's because I'm a Christian. But then we saw the New York Rangers, the New York Islanders, the Minnesota Wild, and then recently the Chicago Blackhawks all say we will not wear pride jerseys citing supposedly 
the safety of players. Well, at least in the, in the case of the Blackhawks. But here, look at this. James Reimer. Let's bring this headline up. Goalie for the San Jose Sharks. Good for this guy. I want you to I want to read a statement. This is a good statement, folks. This is how we balance truth and love. Because look at what James Reimer says. He says, quote, under keep you can get, keep this headline up, Drya. Under the umbrella of the NHL's hockey is for everyone initiative. The San Jose Sharks have chosen to wear jerseys in support of the LGBTQIA plus community tonight. For all 13 years of my career, I have been a Christian, not just in title, but in how I choose to live my life daily. I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins and in response, asked me to love everyone and follow him. I have no hate in my heart for anyone. Dry, keep the image up please for a second. I have no hate in my heart for, any, for anyone. Uh, and I have always strived to treat everyone that I encounter with respect and kindness. Now watch this. In this specific instance, I am choosing not to endorse something that is counter to my personal convictions, which are based in the Bible, the highest authority in my life. Can you come back to me for a second, please, Drya? Let's do this, folks. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for James Reimer. He says, I strongly believe that every person has value and worth. Okay, yes, we believe that every person is made in the image of Christ. Anyone that's struggling in the LGBTQIA++ community. And he says, like others, they should be welcomed in the aspect of the game of hockey. Meaning, we're not stopping anyone from playing hockey. Playing hockey is not based on your sexuality or shouldn't be based on your sexuality. It should be based on your skill set. But to celebrate that is against his faith. And we need more Christians. We need more pastors. We need more to stand up. Let's go to um, this headline from the Harbinger Daily. Has, quote, loving affirmation become the church's greatest stumbling block? Absolutely. All in the name of love, we are now celebrating homosexuality instead of standing up against it. We got to love God, yes, love our neighbors, but do not affirm the homosexual lifestyle. Do not be like Andy Stanley that claims that you can be gay and a Christian at the same time. I do not believe the Bible supports the idea of being a celibate gay Christian. Well, I'm gay, but I'm just not acting upon it. If you are struggling with homosexual attraction, then you need to come before the Lord. Let the Lord wash over you. Let the blood of the Lamb wash over you. Let the work of the Holy Spirit work in you. You can change. You can be redeemed. You can be set free of those uh, 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 desire, just like someone who lusts after pornography, just like someone who's a sexual addict. You have to not just control. It's not about self-control. It's about crucifying your flesh so that we are holy in God. And so this is important. Here's another headline. Um, Bible College, look at this, in the United Kingdom, fires lecturer because of his tweet on biblical sexuality, threatens to report him on counter-terrorism. Here is what this professor at, uh, where is this, um, Cl Cliff College in Derbyshire, um, Dr. Aaron Edwards, 37, is now, was now fired um, and so here's what he said. By the way, the, the, the university or the college says that they're grounded in the authority of Scripture. But yet here's what he posted. 
He said, quote, homosexuality is invading the church. Evangelicals no longer see the severity of this because they are busy apologizing for their apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true. This is a gospel issue. By the way, if sin is no longer sin, we no longer need a savior. Let's applaud, everybody. Let's applaud. Hallelujah, praise God. Thank you for Dr. Aaron Edwards, 37. Praise God for this type of courage. This is what we need, folks. And yet the university, supposedly grounded in Christian scripture, told them to take it down. He would not. Now, not only have they fired him, they're wanting to turn him over to the, um, to the um, uh, counterterrorism watchdog group Prevent because they believe that this is uh, uh, terrorism for standing for biblical values. Listen, the Bible has told us that there will be a great falling away, right? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, in the book of Timothy, there's going to be a great a, a, a apostasy. And this LGBTQ++ um, tsunami is coming in like a flood. Abortion, transgenderism, going after our children. We got to stand up. And as Dr. Evans says, this is a gospel issue the gospel is the only answer. And God will save many around the world, including Muslims. Folks, one more time, this image dry up. Muslims are coming to Christ. Praise God and hallelujah. They're coming to Christ. Don't be afraid to witness to a Muslim. Don't be afraid to share your testimony. Don't be afraid to pray for them in the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid to contrast what the Bible teaches to what the Quran teaches. Do not seek common ground. Do not try to find a false bridge. There is none. It doesn't exist. There's only one way. There's only one word. There's only one name by which man can be saved. It saved me 24 years ago. It brought me out of the darkness of Islam and it saved Angel and it's gonna save many more millions of Muslims around the world if we have courage to stand on the rock the gospel that is the rock of offense. For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. There is no other power. There is no other salvation. So I say, be bold in your faith. Proclaim Christ to this dying, lost world. There's no other hope, folks. If we want revival, if we want revival, there is no other hope. There's no other way. The time is short. Satan's time is short. These are the last days. And one more time, Drya, we are witnessing the one world religion rising. That's what we're witnessing. And we need the, we need the, we need, we need, we need the gospel of Jesus Christ to counter the one world religion rising. This one world religion is evil and demonic and it's an antichrist spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the only answer. The word of God is the only answer. Do not deny the Father. Do not deny the Son. Do not deny the Holy Spirit. Do not deny that Jesus is the only way. Do not deny the cross or the resurrection. And do not deny that Jesus Christ is coming back soon to rule and reign. Every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord one way or another. Better if we do it today under our own will, under our own decision. So be bold. Pray for great boldness. Amen. I pray you were blessed by tonight. Pray for Angel. Pray for all those uh, Muslims who become Christians like me who are going to face hardship and persecution, threats against their lives. Pray that God will 
birth them and pray that God will wake up the American church. In Jesus' name. Pastor Sharam Hayden, again, visit our website. Go to Rumble. Please donate um, uh, to the ministry. Lord, Lord, help us to keep this message going. Help us to keep proclaiming your truth. May God be glorified in all this. We'll see you. Have a blessed weekend. We'll see you uh, Tuesday live at noon Eastern, 9 o'clock Pacific. Pastor Sharam Hayden saying good night. Have a blessed weekend.